0: Good afternoon, folks. Welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. As always, my name is Evan Smoke, your resident fire and co-host, fourth year at the University of Georgia up here in Athens. And three hours southeast of me is the one-day late birthday boy, my co-host, local ice, Mr. Bryson Wheeler. Bryson, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday?
1: Doing great. I'm ready to talk some college football. We had a great weekend this past weekend. NFL kicked off. Going to talk about that. But I will say... This upcoming weekend in college football is a little disappointing. We'll get into those games later. But let's kick off with the biggest game from this past weekend, and it was Texas and Alabama. And dare I say, is Texas back? They looked really, really good this past week. They beat Alabama by 10 at home. I will say Jalen Milrow did not look real good at all passing the ball. He still ran the ball fairly well which we expected, but he did not throw the ball well. And I read some reports that Ty Buckner was taking first-team reps this week at practice, and I think that might be the right move, especially playing USF this week. I'd love to see Ty Buckner get some time because Alabama's still a really good football team. I don't think people need to forget that. Outside the quarterback position, they're a top-five team in the country. But if Jalen Milrow is going to play like he did this past week, they're – probably not even a top-10 team. They really struggled. But let's get to the other side of it, though, and talk about how much Texas has changed in the past few years. Quinn Ewers looked great for 349, three touchdowns. They ran the ball for 105 on a pretty stout Alabama defense and defensive line. But I want to talk about the physicality that I saw out of Texas. That was one of the first games in a while that I've seen Alabama get beat in the trenches outside of maybe a Georgia game. It was weird to see – Texas' defense looked really, really good. They were really fundamentally sound. They tackled well. I don't remember seeing a missed tackle out of that defense. I mean, this was just not a normal Texas or Big 12 team that we are seeing. So, props to Texas and the way Steve Sarkeesian's been able to turn around that program within just a couple years. But what were your thoughts on this one?
0: Well, obviously, I, I want to preface anything that I'm about to say. The Alabama team can still be really dangerous. Can be is the strong word there. The biggest thing is, like you've mentioned in hinted at, is Jalen Milrow going to be the quarterback moving forward? And if he is, without extreme uh, growth, this team is not going to be anywhere near dangerous, even to an LSU team that we saw Florida State can. This Alabama team's got to, you know, go back, lick some wounds, and figure out, you know, what the future holds for them. But the biggest thing is, I don't remember the last time I've seen someone go into Alabama and take care of business like that in a game that we kind of didn't really expect. I mean, the I mean, obviously you could talk about two or I guess now four years ago when Joe Burrow went into Alabama, but when that happened, we got kinda-
1: Evan. I lost you.
0: What's up?
1: I lost you uh, for a minute. You were talking about – the last thing I heard was talking about Joe Burrow beating Alabama at Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's try that again. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit. I don't remember the last time someone went into Alabama like this and really handled the game other than that Joe Burrow, which now would go on four years ago. Um, but even then, we thought Joe Burrow and LSU had something from Crimson Tide. We both talked about – uh, this Texas team was lower going into our preseason rankings. We didn't have that much confidence in them. Um, but they did a really good job of handling adversity. Uh, they kind of led that game almost wire to wire. It felt like Quinn Ewers played amazing. And, you know, I think this Texas team still has question marks. And I think this Alabama team still has potential to make it back to the college football playoff. But the road just got a lot tougher for Alabama, and the road got a lot easier for Texas.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Texas is sitting in the driver's seat right now to make the playoffs. They went out, maybe even lose a game there. in. And props to Sarkeesian, like I said, I think this Texas team is a really, really good football team. Top three in the nation, in my opinion. Well, top five. But let's move on from that game. Let's get into another ranked matchup from this weekend. It was Ole Miss versus Tulane. And this game was back and forth the whole game until the end, and Ole Miss pulled away. With it, uh, Clayton Toon was out for Tulane and really hurt them. And, but on the other hand, Jackson Dart played phenomenal once again, threw for 267 and two touchdowns. They never really got anything going on in the run game, which was surprising. Quinchon Judkins only had 18 carries for 48 yards, did have a touchdown. Jackson Dart was their next leading rusher with 41 yards. That was kind of weird to see you know, props to Tulane and what their defense did stopping Ole Miss. This Ole Miss team is a pretty good football team. So, what are your thoughts on
0: them? Yeah, the Ole Miss, that was a very fun game to watch Saturday afternoon. Um, And like you said, the score doesn't really show up. But that game was a nail-biter until the end where Ole Miss just got a couple lucky breaks. Uh, You know, desperation plays by Tulane turned into scores. Um, But I really really thought Ole Miss played – better than they would. I thought it would be a very close game, but when the moment came right, they had the killer instinct to step down and put the game away, and this Ole Miss team could be, especially now after seeing LSU look bad against Florida State, Alabama look bad against Texas, the SEC West could be really open for the first time in years it feels like.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that, and speaking of the SEC West, this is a team that a lot of people thought could compete for it this year, but after watching them this past Saturday, I the, the, they're struggling for a 7-8 win season this year, in my opinion. And it's the Texas a Aggies, who were once again overhyped, as we all expected. And, you know, props to Miami. They did put up a lot of points. Tyler Van Dyke looked awesome. But I think this was more of an absolutely poor show during the Texas a Aggies. They looked awful. They looked like, I mean... It, if that's the A&M team that shows up week in and week out, they will not make a bowl game. The SEC West is going to eat them alive. Connor Weigman did have a good game, still threw for 336 and two touchdowns, did have two turnovers. But their defense could not stop a nosebleed as Tyler Van Dyke threw for 374 or five touchdowns. So props to Miami, like I said, but I think this one is more of just a poor showing out of a and What are your thoughts?
0: Well, the thing about AM is, at this point, what's the problem? And I, and I think we have to eventually accept that Jimbo Fisher needs to be removed. Um, and a lot of people thought he was not going to make it past last year, but to go into a half-full Miami stadium when Miami is a fringe top-25 team and get and lose that way, it was not a great showing for the SEC and overall. The SEC has struggled this year, especially in the first two weeks, uh, non-conference and Power Five non-conference matchups.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been a real pretty showing. got a couple chances in the next couple weeks, though, to turn around. But last game from this past weekend I want to talk about is Oregon and Texas Tech. And this was a game I did not think would be absolutely close. You said watch out, you know, for Texas Tech making a little bit of a comeback, possibly, because that was your surprise team of the year. And while Oregon does win this game by eight, it was a absolute nail-biter and I am glad for the last second pick six to help Oregon cover. Won me a lot of money. But Bo Nix played solid, threw for 359, two touchdowns. They didn't get much going on the ground game, though, besides Bo Nix. Bucky Irvin was held pretty quiet. No Whittington as well. Tex Tech on the other side, they their quarterback threw for 282 and three touchdowns, but did have three interceptions. And that was kind of the game changer right there and why Oregon was able to pull this one out. Props to Oregon winning on the road in a Power 5 game. They get Hawaii this week, chance to rebound, bounce back, and, you know, drop a lot of points on a pretty bad team. So maybe they can find their rhythm offensively against. they struggled a little bit this past week. What were your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I expected this Texas tech team to show up and defend Lubbock pretty well, and I think they did just that. Uh, The biggest thing is obviously the three interceptions were killer, Um, but – this Texas Tech team has a lot of potential. We saw it week one versus Wyoming. Then mistakes. They didn't capitalize the this week. This team has the talent to be special. So, regardless of their record, even if it's zero and two, I, I don't think this team is someone you can write off in Big Twelve play. I think this team can easily come back uh, and make a run and maybe up to like a Texas or an Oklahoma uh, later this year. All right.
1: So let's move on to this next week and. There's, there's really not any good games like I mentioned earlier. There's a couple that could be sneaky and a lot of teams are going to be on upset alert this week. And the first one I'm going to put on upset alert is the Wisconsin Badgers as our Georgia Southern Eagles make the trip up to Wisconsin and Georgia Southern has been looking really solid this year, putting up a lot of points. They just had a big 14 point win over Trent Dilfer and his UAB Blazers. And I think Georgia Southern can absolutely pull off the win this week. I am not predicting a win, I, but the line is 17, all right, 19. Wisconsin's favored by 19 points. I don't see a way they cover this after watching them lose to Washington State this past week. Now, I will say, if you get Braylon Allen and Chad Malusi, Malusi running the ball like they can, it could be very a very long game for Georgia Southern. But – Davis Brand and this offense have been looking amazing this year. I think Southern can put up points. I think they can absolutely pull off the upset. I am going to project a seven-point win by Wisconsin, though. What's your prediction?
0: Yeah, I'm excited for this game. What what time is that kickoff? 12 o'clock. Good. Okay, we don't play at 3.30. Um, I think this team could be really dangerous. I I called the Georgia Southern over Nebraska upset last year. I'm hesitant to call a full upset, but I'm definitely calling the cutoff.
1: Evan, I lost you again. You good? How
0: you... Yeah, I'm here.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, you said you predicted a Georgia Southern cover? Yes. All right. So let's yeah. move on to the next one. LSU and Mississippi State. LSU's favored nine and a half points as they go on the road to Mississippi State. Another 12 o'clock kickoff. And this one's going to be a little weird, I think. And I think Mississippi State can get the cover in this one. It's in Stark Vegas, Starkville, Mississippi. And Mississippi State is not that good of a team. But that is a hard place to play with the Cowbells. Noon kickoff is just one of those times that's just so weird sometimes. And it's really hard to get up and play for, especially when you're on the road at an environment like that. And I think that Mississippi State can and will cover this. I think LSU wins by touchdown, but Mississippi State covers. What's your prediction?
0: Yeah, really close game. Uh, Going to take the Tigers, but it's always rough to play at Starkville. Zach Arnett has that team fired up in the absence of Mike Leach. Uh, RIP to the Pirate, but obviously I believe this team to do something. Don't want to call it – I really want to call the upset, but I just don't have the confidence to do it. But I'll say LSU wins close, maybe three or four. All huh? right. Georgia Southern – oh, wait,
1: ooh, my bad. Georgia and South Carolina, it's a three thirty kickoff in Athens. I'm sure you're probably going to be at the game. Georgia's a 27-and-a-half point favorite. I think that's a solid line. I think Georgia does cover just because this South Carolina team has looked really awful the past couple weeks. We thought that they might look good this year. Spencer Rattler, high-powered offense possibly – They've disappointed me with a loss against North Carolina and just not really looking good. And I think Georgia does cover this, wins handily, 35-point win by Georgia. What's your
0: prediction? Yeah, I mean, this, this game is either going to be Georgia finally steps up, reasserts themselves, doesn't get up to a slow start. We finally get into the moment and realize that, hey, um, we're the Georgia Bulldogs, we're the number one team in the country. But if we come out slow like we've done the past two weeks, this game could get interesting. I don't think that South Carolina can win it, but they can definitely keep it close. And I think at the end of the day, Georgia slightly covers. I'll take Georgia by four touchdowns. All right.
1: Florida and Tennessee. Tennessee takes the trip to Gainesville, a place where they have only won five times in the school history. And, I mean, Florida has absolutely owned Tennessee over the last 20 years. I think we've won 17 of the last 19 and – I think this one could be very, very close as well. I know Florida sucked week one against Utah, but Tennessee has not looked good the last couple weeks. They struggled against Austin P this past week. I think Florida can definitely pull off the upset. They're seven-point seven dogs at home, hostile environment, night game. I'm not going to pull the trigger on the upset, though. I probably would if I had not pulled the trigger on the upset against Utah and lost that one. I'm not going to get embarrassed two out of three weeks for Florida to open the year. I am going to take a super slight cover. I think Tennessee wins this game less than a touchdown, but they do pull off the win. What's your prediction?
0: Yeah, I, I'll say I'll take Tennessee by seven. I think that's exactly how this game is. Joe Milton has not looked anywhere anywhere near Hendon Hooker, um, but this Florida team is just too bad in my opinion. I think this game could get sloppy. It could get ugly. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I am going to take the volunteers. And slight, or the Gators are slightly covered.
1: Yeah, and like you said, Joe Milton has not looked real good. And I do love Austin Armstrong, Florida's defense coordinator. I think our defense has made a drastic turnaround. I think they look so much better than they did. Much more discipline creating turnovers, tackle for losses. I think they're going to put pressure on Joe Milton. I do think this game is going to be a very interesting one. So watch out for the Gators in Gainesville this week. But next game I want to talk about is BYU-Arkansas, and these are two teams that have played multiple times over the last couple years, and they've been very, very good games. Arkansas is an eight-point favorite. I'm going to take them to slightly cover. I think Rocket Sanders in the backfield is going to be too much. I think he runs for probably 200 yards on BYU, and they get a 10-point win. What's your prediction?
0: Yeah, I really like Arkansas in this one. I think BYU is a team that might be on the come up, but I don't think they're there yet. I think this Arkansas team's a little bit better than people think. Um, I don't take Arkansas by 10 as well. That's what I was thinking.
1: All right, next game, Kansas State versus Missouri. I think this one could get interesting, but I do think Kansas State covers this one. I think Kansas State's a player in the Big 12 this year, and I think they prove it this weekend. I think they cover the five points they're favored by What? Say that again. You were quiet. Kansas State, Missouri. Kansas State's a five-point favorite. I think they slightly cover. What's your prediction?
0: Yes, I agree. I'm going to take the Wildcats win by seven in Columbia.
1: All right. The last game of the slate, and not going to lie, the worst game of the slate. But it is a rivalry game. Pitt versus West Virginia. The line is even. It's an absolute pick em. I'm going to take Pitt. They are coming off a loss against Cincinnati, which I predicted. It was an upset by Cincy. Emery Dawn's been playing really good for Cincinnati, but Pitt loses to him. I think they bounce back. I think West Virginia is one of the worst, if not the worst, Power 5 team in football. I think Pitt, Pitt does win outright. What's your prediction?
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Pitt as well to win this game.
1: All right. Let's move on to the NFL, if you don't have anything else to talk about in college football. And the first game we're going to talk about was the Thursday night game. It was the Lions at the Chiefs, and it was a thriller. 21-20 win for the Lions. Huge win for a very young team. Dan Campbell pulled out all kinds of tricks and stops against them. Fake punt very early in the game that converted. Jared Goff looked good through for two fifty-three and a touchdown. David Montgomery looked really good. Would have loved to have seen Jameer Gibbs get more involved. He only had nine touches. I think his role is definitely going to get a lot bigger and better in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, we kind of saw what we expected out of him and Brown. Good week, 71 yards and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds surprised. He had 80 yards. Then on the other side for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes looked good, but definitely could tell he missed Travis Kelsey. He threw for 226 only and two touchdowns. He was also their leading rusher. They just couldn't find anything in the run game. Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards and Laird just couldn't do anything. The receiving core, though, like we said, missing Travis Kelsey, huge loss. Kadarius Tony looked absolutely awful having three drops, one that turned into a pick six, and the other one just a huge drop on a fourth down later in the game. And they really need somebody to step out, up in this receiving core, whether it is Kadarius Toney, whether it's Sky Moore who has zero catches. Whether it's Justin Ross who had his first career NFL catch, Marquez Valdez scantlin Justin Watson, somebody needs to step up for this team to be a counterpart to Travis Kelsey. What are your predictions on this huge win for the Lions?
0: Yeah, this sets up for a great season for the Lions. Really excited how Dan Campbell uses this to build off the rest of the year, uh, and I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. As you said, the Kadarius Tony dropped pass that turned into a pick six. Travis Kelsey being hurt. Uh, Chris Jones being. Did Chris Jones play in that game? You might not know he no, right? Chris
1: Jones did not play, but now he has
0: signed the deal. Correct. He signed the contract yesterday. Yes. Um, it's really. The Chiefs were playing very uh, debilitated, So I, I think they're going to be just fine, but this is a huge win for the Lions. Really excited, like I said, for how Dan Campbell will use this as motivation for the next 16 games. I just
1: got an update that. Andy Reid said the plan is for Chris Jones to play on Sunday. Travis Kelsey will practice today, so he will likely go on Sunday as well. So the Kansas City Chiefs are looking to get back to absolute start to bounce back easily this next week. But um, the Bengals and the Browns are the next game I want to talk about. And I want to talk about the Bengals disappointing. Now, I'm not trying to hit a panic meter in this because we all know the Bengals are an absolute great team. But they laid an absolute egg this week, twenty-four to three against the Browns. Joe Burrow only threw for eighty-two yards, zero touchdowns. They only had seventy-five yards on the ground. Jamar Chase only had thirty-nine yards. T. Higgins did not even record a catch. On the other side, Deshaun Watson still disappointed. Not the Deshaun Watson we're expecting. Only threw for one fifty-four. A touchdown and interception, but they got a lot going on the ground games. They ran for 206 yards. Nick Chubb led the way with 18 carries and 106 yards. So, props to the Browns for coming out and looking like a solid team, especially on defense as
0: the Bengals lay an absolute egg. But what were your thoughts? Uh, Man, this game was really the conundrum. Uh, Joe Burrow would be the number one highest-paid quarterback and throw for 85 yards to the point where you have to be benched. Really, really crazy, um, and then like you said, the Browns didn't look their best, but they still got the job done. Won this game very comfortably. So at the end of the day, the AFC North looks a lot more open. But we're it's obviously week one. We're not here doing week one overreactions. We're here to tell you how we see it. And I think both of these teams. I think the Beagles are going to be this fun, are going to be really good, and the Browns. Well, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not. All
1: right, and the last game I want to talk about is. The Jets and the Bills. I mean, we have to talk about this one. Aaron Rodgers out for the season with a torn Achilles. Prayers up to him. But it's just a devastating blow for this Jets team. I mean, this is a young, very talented Jets team on both sides of the ball. Have lots of playmakers, including Garrett Wilson. And I I feel bad for Garrett Wilson as well because it felt like this team was one piece away from being a real contender. And – I think Aaron Rodgers was that piece and he's out for the season now. It it was such a bad loss for the season, but it was also a bad loss for the Bills. I mean, they get Aaron Rodgers out of the game, I think fourth play of the game and they can't win this game. They lose 22 to 16 in overtime. It was a phenomenal game, but maybe the Bills were this over hot team that we talked about. I mean, You know, so many people were saying they were overhyped. We didn't really believe it. They lay an egg, though, this week. Josh Allen threw three interceptions and had a fumble. Four turnovers for him. It was an ugly showing. Zach Wilson comes into the game and did just enough to get the win. It'll be interesting to see if he's the guy moving forward or not for them. Had a punt return touchdown for the walk-off win. It was absolutely electric. One of the funnest games we'll probably see all year, but the main headline is Aaron Rodgers out for the year. So, what are your thoughts on them losing to Rodgers and them going forward?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just an awful, awful blow to a Jets team that really thought they were one piece away. And I think so, too. I think I really do think they were one piece away. And, you know, obviously the quote that's been circulating that, you know, Garrett Wilson went to go check on Rodgers and Rodgers just looked at him and said, sorry, kid.
1: Yeah. I mean, devastating blow to the whole NFL community, and. Looking forward to next week, though. There are a lot of really good games, a lot of divisional rivalries coming up next week. The Vikings and Eagles kick off on Thursday night. Chiefs-Jaguars should be a very fun one. Packers-Falcons should be fun. 49ers-Rams, I mean, the Rams surprised so many people this week. There are lots of good games on the slate. And then ends Monday night with the Browns and Steelers. Should be a very fun NFL weekend, even though it shouldn't be too much of college football. But let's get into our bold predictions. And do you have one?
0: You there, Evan? Well, I'm going to do a pick six by Tyke Smith this weekend at the Georgia South Carolina game. Okay, That's bold prediction. All right, I will go. Georgia
1: Southern loses in a last-second field goal to Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a neck-and-neck neck game the whole way, probably a thirty, maybe tied at thirty game. And Georgia Southern loses last-second field goal. That's my bull prediction.
0: But if that if we if we get to Saturday and I'm sitting there right before I go into the Georgia game and I get a notification that Wisconsin's kicking a game-winning field goal, and they get it, I'm texting you, and you're going to feel like the worst person. Ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will. But uh, Jackson's got something to say. I'll counter to what Bryson
0: just said. Georgia Southern wins by two scores Saturday. Whoa. Oh my God. If, if Georgia Southern wins by two scores, we should be ranked next week.
1: I agree. I agree. I do think Georgia Southern is a really good football team. And looking at their schedule, every game is winnable on their schedule. There's a lot of toss-ups, though. There's four, five, six games that about 50% chance to win. So, I think they do end up going 8-4, and 9-3, and 10-2. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get ranked at some point this year, especially if they win this weekend. Absolutely. All right. Well, do you have any last words? Uh, I do not. All right. Well, go Braves. Go Hawks. And go Falcons.